With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Well, welcome into another edition of a Friday Maze and Brew podcast here on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am your host for the day, Anthony Broom. Typically speaking, we do kind of an interview uh, in our Friday segment. I know we've been a little bit inconsistent in the last couple of weeks because – the news cycle has been inconsistent. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes to maybe get a fall season played in earnest with college football. And uh, to be frank with you, I do not have a ton of interest in talking about the politics of it all because it has become inherently political. I am of the opinion that uh, at this point, just give just give us say when and where, and uh, when the time comes, we'll talk about it. But uh, with all that going on, I sink to my happy place and my happy place when it comes to college athletics is college basketball. And I'm excited because we do have a guest today and this guest, you know, usually when we have a guest on, it's maybe someone promoting a project or a book or whatever it is, but this is someone that is actually going to be working with us this year. Uh, I think we're, we're lucky to have him. Uh, we're excited to have him here and you know, we're going to bring him on to introduce himself We'll talk about some of the stuff that's going on with college basketball, with Michigan basketball, uh, with the recruiting trail, and just a kind of a laid back little conversation here. So uh, our guest today, um, I guess more than a guest, he is one of us now, a new staff member here at Mason Brew. He's worked at the Michigan Daily. He has experience uh, doing some other things in the market here. It's Daniel Dash. Daniel, welcome to the program. Thank you. And thank you for the intro. Uh, I'm really happy to be on board and uh, excited to get started. So this is about you. This isn't about me. 
tell us a little bit, tell the people, give them an intro on what your background leading up to this point is and some of the things that you've worked on. Uh, a little bit about me. I'm a junior at the University of Michigan studying communication, media, and economics as a double major. Uh, I'm a senior sports editor at the Michigan Daily. I started my freshman year covering volleyball in the fall, uh, made the transition to softball in the spring where I covered Michigan's Big Ten tournament run. Um, they beat Minnesota for the title that year. Fall of my sophomore year conference for the men's basketball beat and got that beat. Spent last season covering Juwan Howard's first season um, and throughout figured out that Juwan and I have the same shoe size, a similar deli order that we discovered on Josh yeah. Christopher's official visit. Yeah, Daniel is like eight feet tall. So he, he could, if, if you were to see him, you would think maybe he's on the team. So probably definitely maybe the tallest contributor we've had to this point for keeping track of such things. But yeah, I'm honored. I, I already have a, <laughs> a gold medal. Day one on the job. That's right. You can already raise that banner. So let's talk about Juwan Howard. So you had the, I don't know what you would call it, the pleasure or, you know, the, the honor, the distinction of being on the basketball beat the first year of his tenure at Michigan. And in a lot of ways, I think things were – for were pretty different. I mean, it's definitely a program that's being shaped in his image. And a lot of things were kind of the same in terms of what they looked like on the court in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, you being, I mean, we were, you know, I've worked alongside Daniel before we've been in the room for games and, and pressers and things like that. But um, you know, this, you, you've had boots on the ground. You, you don't, you're on the beat. You haven't missed a beat, so to speak. What was kind of your takeaway from, that debut season. And even though it was, it was cut short, everything was cut short for everyone in what has been a, a crazy year, but what did you see and what were some of your takeaways just from a, um, you know, how, how Juwan Howard carries himself, how he's trying to build this program and, and what some of those kind of takeaways were for you. I, I think the word that you use is pretty accurate. The word build. Uh, this is something that Juwan Howard is, putting a, a pretty big premium on. I think it was pretty clear, at least to me, what stuck out most was the pro-style system he ran, really heavy on the transition game, really heavy on the ball screen game, obviously having a guy like Xavier Simpson with the ball in his hands when he's on the floor uh, plays a, a pretty big role in that. But, I mean, Jawan Howard was incredibly lucky to inherit the program that he did. And after a, a really successful 12 years of, John Beeline, I think Juwan Howard started in a really good position, but now I think moving into his second season, rather than seeing where this program was when he took it over, you really start to see where it's going, the type of talent he's recruiting, uh, the emphasis that he's, he's putting on the roster. And really, uh, I think in the, the second season without Xavier Simpson now, it's going to be a lot more of what Juwan has in mind, what, what Juwan wants to run. And I think everything is going to get a, a little bit more clear when they do take the court next. Yeah. Did you think that, uh, you know, early on, uh, like I said, it was a first time head coach and I think nothing was more apparent that he was a first time head coach, first time coach at the college level. than there was a presser early on in the season where someone asked him a recruiting question and he rattled off like four or five names and you just saw Tom, who's, you know, Michigan's SID, just the color, just leave his face and immediately, you know, dip outside, do the, you know, get on the phone with compliance and, and go over that. But, uh, you know, from start of the year to end of the year, 
in terms of the demeanor, the comfort on the sidelines, how do you think that he fared in that first year? I think that for the first year that he had, I mean, he saw, he saw more in his first year than maybe some coaches see in their first five to 10. I mean, Michigan's roller coaster of a season that started unranked, then four weeks later, they were in the top five of the, the national AP poll. Then they had a, a pretty, pretty bad losing streak when Isaiah Livers went out the first time. Uh, they lost Xavier Simpson for a game with that whole ordeal, putting Ward Manuel's wife's car into a pole on Hill Street. Uh, I, I just I think that with everything he had to deal with, suspending his captain, going very long stretches without arguably his best player in Livers, and then having a season cut short mid-pandemic, uh, I, I just think that Jawan had so many opportunities to grow. And I think that it's a, a pretty pretty quick growth past a, a steep learning curve. And I think you saw what you wanted to see too in terms of, you know, it was a rocky road to get there, but all you could really ask for, and, and this was kind of a staple of, of what made it similar to the John Beeline era, was it looked like it was a team that was starting to play its best basketball heading into the conference tournament and into, um, into March. So the fact that we didn't get to see that, it almost feels like the next season that comes is just, you know, season 1.5 of the Juwan Howard era especially with a lot of those same faces coming back. I mean, they'll lose, they lose Xavier Simpson. They lose John Teske. Um, but overall, I mean, I think the core of what's going to make that team, what made that team competitive last year and what will make them competitive, you know, whenever they play college basketball again, I think that, like I said, it just seems more like, it can, I think we were looking to maybe year two being more of a pivot into what the Juwan Howard era is going to be. And you kind of hit on that. You see that coming next. And I do too. I mean, things are going to be pretty different um, in a lot of ways, especially at point guard, but yeah, I, I see, I see this as this next year will just be a kind of continuation of that. So when you look at all the attrition that took place over the off season, uh, some of the, you know, the additions via the recruiting trail, the additions via the transfer portal, the commitments that didn't wind up happening, the, the decommitment that wound up happening. How do you, th what do you like about this roster heading into, again, whenever we start playing basketball again? Uh, I think they have a, a pretty compelling argument for the best wing tandem in the Big Ten. Uh, I think Franz Wagner, if all goes well, could be an All-American this upcoming year. I think Isaiah Livers is practically a shoe-in to be an All-Big Ten type of talent. Uh, I really like the addition of Mike Smith uh, after they missed on Bryce Aiken, who was a, a Harvard grad transfer, ended up at Seton Hall. Uh, they acted on Smith pretty quickly. Um, Smith was pretty open about the fact that Jawan brought him in. They have the Chicago connection, and they're going to trust him with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think that point guard spot's going to come down to, to Mike Smith and Eli Brooks maybe sharing duties, but I think Brooks is best off the ball. I think last year he came a long way as a, a – catch and shoot kind of guy, a uh, guy who could put it on the dribble off a, a pass out. Uh, and I, I think Hunter Dickinson is a, a day one starter at center, especially if Austin Davis's shoulder is not 100% when they, they do tip the season off. He did have that spring surgery. So I, I think what I like most about this upcoming season's roster is the balance, but that's pretty clearly spearheaded by the wing tandem of Wagner and Livers. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we talked about, you know, the, the early gaff on the, you know, with the recruiting stuff early on. But since then, I know the five-star talent hasn't been there. There were, you know, they didn't give up after, you know, whiffing on a few of those guys in 2020. And when you're in on those guys, you're going to miss on them. Uh, but they're in on some pretty big ones still. Uh, Harrison Ingram is still on the board. Uh, Efton Reed, Charles Bediaco are, are guys that they've been putting a lot of effort with. Right now, I mean, even without adding those guys, you look at they've got three four-star recruits. All four of their commits are top 150 guys. They're currently ranked as, you know, the number, I believe the number five class in the country. And that'll change when, you know, the North Carolinas, the Dukes of the world add their, you know, their elite guys in the class. But what, what do you make of the work that's been put in on the recruiting trail so far? I think it's, I think right now, Jawan Howard's first two classes because of the five-star misses so far have been seen as subpar. But when you go back and you look to the rankings, these first two classes that Jawan has put together are on par with some of Beeline's best. And if you think that Beeline's best classes are going to be the floor of Jawan Howard's worst classes, Michigan's in a great spot recruiting-wise. I think this year they're bringing in two excellent wings in Buffkin and Isaiah Barnes. Uh, there's a lot to like about the way Chatter might fit into the Big Ten level. He's a big physical kid out of Minnesota. Uh, and then obviously Frankie Collins is 41-inch vertical coming out of the backcourt. Uh, I don't think anyone saw Xavier Simpson or David DeJulius doing between-the-leg windmills in their commitment videos. No. There's a lot of athleticism to get excited about. And I think Barnes might even be more athletic. So there's there's definitely a lot to like. And he's very, I mean, I wouldn't call it subtly, but something that he's doing that might not even be getting enough attention is establishing the DMV pipeline. I think Michigan's put itself in a great spot in the, the Washington, D.C. metro area over the last two classes and a Chicago pipeline, where even though they've missed on a couple of the guys, they've, they've gotten Isaiah Barnes. Uh, and he shared a, a Chicago connection with uh, Mike Smith, who went to Fenwick. Yeah, I think what I like about the way that the recruiting has panned out so far is, you know, you, you need, you know, the five stars, the one and dones are great. Uh, they're a lot of fun. And, and what makes 
each college basketball unique and special unto itself. But those teams that, you know, your Villanovas of the world, uh, to a certain extent, even your North Carolinas, your Gonzagas, those teams that are always kind of there have those two, three, four-year guys there. And I see a lot of that in, you know, Terrence William and Hunter Dickinson aren't going to be walking out the door after this season. Um, Zeb Jackson should be around for a bit. Isaiah Barnes, Wilt Shedder, those guys are still kind of coming into their own. Like they'll be around for a couple of years. So it kind of, you know, without adding any more. And like I said, it seems like they might, they might actually have a shot at at least maybe one of these five stars on the board in 2021, but without adding anyone else, there's a pretty good foundation there compared to what the rest of the big 10 is doing right now. So again, I think for the most part, it's been a pretty, pretty big success. So I want to let's pivot away from, from Michigan for now. I don't think there's an, we don't even know when the season's going to start. It's, it's tough to, like you said, Austin Davis is still banged up. So it's tough to preview the season right now. We'll get to that at some point. Um, But I want to get your take on, there was the report earlier this week that, uh, well, it wasn't a report. The ACC coaches came right out and voted unanimously for an NCAA tournament that features all, you know, every single team in Division One that's eligible, of course. I think there's 353 and 346 would be eligible or, you know, some, some schools are on probation. Some schools haven't met the right requirements to be uh, postseason eligible, but yeah, basically, you're thinking 340 plus schools in an NCAA tournament. I don't know the logistics of how that could work. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that if you just build the conference tournaments as an extension of the NCAA tournament, maybe that's how you somewhat sneak that in there. But what was my brain is still in a pretzel over it. I'm sure yours is too. But what what was your thoughts when you saw that come out earlier this week? I mean, I think it's really important to explore ways to add teams to the tournament or teams that are going to be specifically hurt by the lack of non-conference games, whether the season is pushed back or if some conferences like the Pac-12 decide not to play non-conference games altogether. I mean, those are those are teams that rely on getting that big winner too, so that at the end of the year when they finish second or third in their conference, they don't get the auto bid. They still find themselves on the bubble. Uh, I think... Dan Gavitt was pretty clear in saying that he doesn't expect it to happen. But then again, if this picks up the traction that it looks like it could, given that it was unanimously approved by the ACC coaches, it could be a story to watch. And it's something that they're going to have to decide on pretty quickly if they plan on starting this season in the next two months. Yeah, I almost wonder if doing something like that requires you to, I mean, scrap. Like, you'd have to scrap the conference tournaments because you need – you would need those those dates open, but maybe it's like instead of it being like you have you have your teams that you know will be in there, like your your Dukes. Um, we'll just throw Michigan in there. Like you have teams that will probably pretty safely be in. But then everyone else, maybe it's like sort of a first four type of format where you do a bunch of bubbled regional type things, and it's you know it is literally the epitome of of madness. But honestly. I don't see it happening. I really do think that they're going to, they will push the season back if it means they can get something that resembles a non-conference in. I know the PAC 12 had said that they're not playing sports until at least January 1st, but with kind of the, you know, we're seeing this even in the football discussion right now, the rapid testing um, that's coming out. 
I think that you've seen the Pac-12 go, you know, maybe if we have access to this, we can be on board with, you know, a November. The season was scheduled to start on November 10th. Maybe we could be on board with December 10th, or if you're going to be on board with that, maybe we're, we're back to November 25th. It kind of seems like that Thanksgiving weekend might be the, cir- the, the, the time to circle when this might happen. So, again, it's impossible to even – discuss these scenarios right now it seems like you know we're at this point we're probably about well as we record here today we're exactly two months from when the season is scheduled to start and it seems like we should be a little further along in this conversation right now uh, which you know has been kind of the theme of the year but uh, we're not so it is what it is we'll see what happens I was just curious I haven't talked to anyone about that yet so you just happen to be the first person so uh, well, I'm, I'm running out of things to talk about. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? Any, any words of wisdom to share? Any, any shout outs? Any, I know you're back on campus at Michigan, correct? So how's that going so yeah. far? It's been unbelievably weird. It just, it feels so dystopian to, to walk around and see the campus in the state that it's in. And now this week, we've got protests left and right for uh, the GSI strike. So yeah. the GEO, the, the Graduate Employees Organization, is striking for the week. So no grad students are participating in instruction. And Michigan's response to that wasn't to come to terms on the demands. It was to simply point out that they're not allowed to strike. So we got our effective solution-based Everyone's digging in. You've got, you got, you've got those protests. You've got parents protesting football. You've got – there's – it's nuts, but well, that's all the time we have. Why don't you let the people know where they can find you on the socials? Uh, my Twitter is at Daniel dash underscore, and you will see my stories coming to the Mason group page, both the website and all forms of social media. So I'm excited to hit the ground running. Great. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T broom, follow Mason brew on Facebook and Twitter. You know how to find us there. You can get our shows and podcasts wherever you get your content Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much everywhere. So uh, check us out. Leave us a review, uh, five-star review, hopefully. Share with your friends, all that good stuff. So uh, for Daniel, uh, I'm Anthony. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time.